Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. If the world hates, you remember it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as it loves its own. But I have chosen you out of the world, so you don't belong to it. That is why the world hates you. John 15, verses 18 to 19. This is taken from the third station of the cross, Jesus falls the first time. It really doesn't paint a very attractive picture for us to want to follow. I'm reading a book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why, all about the reasons some companies make it and others don't, some people can lead and others can't. The trick is convincing people that the reason you exist, or asking them to follow you, is something they can passionately relate to. Why should we give up everything, shun the world, to follow Christ? He warns us we'll be persecuted, perhaps even lose our lives, literally. Why? So our sins will be forgiven, and we'll spend eternity with God our Father in heaven. At the end of this chapter in John's Gospel, Jesus promises to send a helper from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, to help his disciples. That's us, too. Tell the good news. Broadcast the good news. Keep the good news at the top of the news. Those first disciples bought into the why of Jesus, and today, here we are, faithful followers who bear his name. Christians. Good Friday recalls the sacrifice Christ made for our salvation and reminds us of the why. Let's stop hesitating, believing we can manage our own lives. We can't. We need God. We need to deny ourselves and embrace Christ. We're told as Christians to take up our cross and follow Christ. Let's get off our own bandwagons and join Jesus on his pathway to heaven. And on Sunday, let the Alleluia's ring out. Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel the preconceived ideas many have about what educating our children at home looks like. For many, it's school. For me, it suited the maverick that lurked within when I decided I didn't want to miss anything my children were doing by handing them over to folk who were not their mother. Together, we came up with a lifestyle that'll leave me knowing without a doubt that I gave my children my awe, and that they are well-equipped to go it alone as the unique beings they were created and encouraged to be. Over the years, I've spoken to a wide range of mothers and fathers from the secular to the missionary, whose methods of education range from academic to the child-led. They put their children above their highest joy, and schooling becomes a suffix according to the lives they lead, from boating to biking to trekking. Homeschooling can be done anywhere. In my journey, I've used the tools God gave me to live my life fully. Really, it's all there inside me. If you pop by, I'll offer you a cup of PG tips to fortify this time together and a hot cross bun to tickle your taste buds and thank you for staying. But I understand you're on that side and I'm over here broadcasting from my best friend's house in Richardson, Texas. After a few minutes, Gretchen Rowe, a frequent guest and mother of six, will be joining me to talk about the changes occurring in her life and how she's transitioning through this new phase in child-rearing and career shift. 
I'm all set. Grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the Magninis, where we've been asked to look after a pair of Scotties this weekend and are enjoying housekeeping in our lovely Hawthorne suites. We're also looking forward to the glory of Easter Sunday. Are you ready? It's Good Friday, and the theme of my show this week is Dying to Self. A little morbid, but bear with me, as it'll be good exercise on how... By getting past our egos, we can be blessings to all people we meet in a day. And I don't get out that much, but I'm still amazed by how many people I do run across in a day. In our hotel, we get housekeeping, which isn't necessary every day, but sometimes it's nice. The two ladies come in and clean around, and I found I have plenty of opportunity to make eye contact and smile and say thank you. I also meet people when I get out for a walk on one of the trails we used to frequent when I rode bikes with the children. I now nod and say hello to anyone I pass. I used not to, but I read it's good for my health and I want to take any opportunity I can to live longer. What does all that have to do with dying to self? Well, if we begin to notice the people around us instead of being so homed in on ourselves, we send out the message that someone else's life is more important than ours. Really, in my everyday, I tend to think that what I have to say is incredible. Probably all my years of homeschooling and being having a captive audience, I imagine everyone wants to hear my words, my thoughts, my ideas. Letting go of some of that self-absorption to allow someone else the limelight is a form of self-denial. And I will try to yield the floor to my child, my spouse, or whoever's in the room with me going forward. But it wouldn't quite work with a radio show, would it, where I'm all there is. With that brilliant segue, I'm going to bring my guest on, Gretchen Rowe, who's been with me several times during my career as a show host. Together, we're going to turn the show over to God on this most sacred of days and talk about liturgy, letting go, life changes, and our Christian life. Here's an excerpt from one of my favorite Good Friday hymns to set the mood. Some of you may recognize it. Our Holy Jesus. Well, welcome, Gretchen, to my show today. Vivian, it's a pleasure, as always, to be with you. Right, so today, as I said in my introduction, is Good Friday, and um, it's a high holiday for Christians all over the world. What does it look like today in your house? You mentioned something about fasting, which it is. It's a day of fasting and abstinence for us, so tell, tell me what that means. Good Friday in our household has traditionally been the start of a very busy weekend in so far as the holiday of Easter. And, and we separate the secular from the religious um, very, very carefully in the fact that our Easter egg hunts don't occur on Easter Sunday and things like that. Mm-hmm. And my children have grown up in a, in a household that, that understands that difference. So Good Friday... Is, is much a reverential day for us. It is a day of fast because of our beliefs. 
Um, this year, it's an unusual day of blessing and fast because it also happens to be my middle son's 15th birthday. Oh, right. And his uh, definition of a perfect birthday would be um, a pound of bacon for breakfast and a trip to five guys for lunch, et cetera, et cetera. So he doesn't get to do that this year. Um, this year, uh, we will celebrate Good Friday very simply. We will participate in... Um, a, a, a quiet prayer time from 12 to 3, mm-hmm. um, which is traditionally, as Christians believe, the time that Christ hung on the cross. And then we'll attend a, a Good Friday service um, on Friday evening at our church. Holy Thursday is actually a very interesting preparation for us for Good Friday because at the conclusion of the service in our church, they strip the altar. Mm-hmm. And the altar is completely laid bare. So mm-hmm. when we go into church on Friday, the only thing that is on the altar is a crown of thorns and a nail the size of which they used to crucify Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it gives us a very visual representation of what that day meant. And we talk a lot with our kids about what that has been, and it has meant different things to different children over the years. In preparation for this program with you, I asked some of my kids, what do you remember? And one of my kids' most vivid memory is actually a program that was done by Focus on the Family several years ago that talks about the medical phenomena of what Christ experienced Mm -hmm. and the truth of of the experience as it is related in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. And... um, even as an adult, he still remembers hearing that as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, had talked about watching the um, uh, the movie that came out several years ago that Mel Gibson produced, but I have to tell you, I've only seen that once, and I don't think my heart could take it again. Yeah, I haven't. I, I haven't seen it. Um, no. It was tough. It yeah, was really sure. tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It was the most silent ride in a car I've ever had with my children back from the movie theater. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That in and of itself says a lot. So um, Now, you talked about Holy Thursday and the stripping of the altar. We did, we did the same thing, and I was on Altar Guild, and so I was one of the ladies in the back that took everything as it was coming off the altar, and it was all kind of placed. And a psalm is sung or said in the north in the in the sanctuary while that is going on it is so profound it, it completely and then the cleaning the washing down of the altar and then uh, yeah yeah i i agree and then it's, the it's astonishing for a number of years our youth group um did a live stations of the cross mm-hmm. and they would do that on good friday mm-hmm. so we you know we sort of had of dual minds, the peace and preparation toward Good Friday, but the frenetic activity that goes whenever you have some sort of public performance. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I have to say that was a wonderful time in my kids' lives, and I'm glad we're not doing that this year because yeah. I think um, it's it's a joy to be able to quietly reflect on that what that day means. And, you know, we are so focused on each Easter Sunday, as Christians, we forget that were it not for Good Friday, there wouldn't be an Easter Sunday. No, that's right. That's right. Do you do foot washing on Thursday? They do. They do. Um, Our uh, priest selects a dozen men from the congregation, and I always find it fascinating because he spends about two or three weeks in prayer 
um, before he selects the, the men from the congregation. And often he will select a young man uh, watching the young men's face, particularly a 12 or a 14-year-old, mm-hmm. um, participate is to me um, just, uh, it gives me a different kind of insight into what it must have been like when Christ did that. Yeah. Well, our, our church has um, changed, goes from sometimes everybody in the congregation is invited to come forward. <laughs> that gets a little bit long, um, yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, Or the one in London that we attended, they chose 12 people. And my husband and I were chosen, and we were really brand, we were new. We'd been there for about three or four months, I suppose. And I thought that was that was really interesting. You know, I felt, oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, like, like Christ, you know, he's not going to choose, oh, well, I've known you the longest, so come along. Everybody, everybody was, there was a lovely mix of people up there. They weren't people that everybody knew, so... I thought that was really interesting too. So, yeah, that is that is a pretty again profound experience, and I love the fact, and y- you probably do too, that our church does pull out the stops during Holy Week and do that on well, those I three think, days. Um, I th- I have often said to to some of my friends who were not of the same denomination you, that you'll get a different perspective on Holy Week when when you attend a liturgical church mm-hmm. or. Holy Week celebrations. Um, for years and years, we did a Seder um, on uh, Holy Thursday. Um, we would begin that uh, at the traditional sundown time, and then um, uh, it that became a little bit more chaos than we could do. So we, we have actually a 20-page Seder script that a Jewish friend helped us prepare some almost 20 years ago for doing a Christian version of the Seder and it's scripturally based and it's Pentateuch based and it's fascinating. And they we're not doing that this year because of other things going on in our lives. But my boys did ask me if we were going to have some of the traditional um, Passover foods that we've had um, because they have come to look forward and those personify Easter for, for them. Yeah. Well, Gretchen, we're going to be talking um, after the break I have to go on a really short break now, but we'll be back in just a moment. I'm talking to Gretchen Rowe, and we're preparing for Easter and talking about the holy days that lead up to it. We'll be back in just a moment. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, 
Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. I'm talking with my friend, Gretchen Rowe. She's been with me for the last almost five years now. So let's go back now to you and how your life has changed, because you spent a lot of time as the community liaison with Calvert, and that's how I've introduced you since I've known you. But now things have changed, and that's not happening anymore. Plus, I hear that you're moving, actually moving, so personal and professional things are going on. So let's hear about that. Well, you know that scripture that says um, God won't give you more than you can handle. There are times in the last six months I would like to have a consult with him about what he thinks my capacity I know, is. I know. <laughs> um, but we we do. We have uh, many things going on in our lives. We've been residents here in Maryland for some twenty years now, and um, that will come to a close um, a little bit later this spring, probably the first week of May, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we are returning to our roots. My husband and I are from Western North Carolina, and um, 30 seconds after I speak to someone from home, that's very readily apparent with my accent mm-hmm. returning with vengeance. Mm-hmm. And we are going back home, if you will, to help care for my mother-in-law, who is 86 and fabulous and uh, starting a new adventure in her life. She's moved into assisted living mm-hmm. and... Um, so we're all doing something new. Trying to pack out a house with 20 years worth of stuff is a, an astonishing amount of mess. And mm-hmm. I am not as good at letting go as I think I am. So I stood here yesterday holding on to something that I should have just thrown away without opening it. But of course, when I opened it, then I had to sit down and look at it. Yeah. So yeah. things aren't going as quickly as I'd like them to. Yeah, yeah. And then if there wasn't enough adventure, knowing that that was coming, I was given um, an unexpected but joyful opportunity to begin working with a company I have respected for a number of years, and that is uh, Demi Learning. Mm -hmm. That's the folks that make math you see and now spelling you see. And it's a wonderful fit for my skill set because I've always had a tremendous depth of belief in the multidimensional capacities of learning styles. Mm -hmm. And so being able to fit that together with what I'm going to be doing for Demi has been fabulous. And I'm still in a lot of training. I know much less than I should, but um, it's fun. It's fun. And, you know, it's always fun to learn new things. When when you give up the capacity to learn new things, then you start to get old. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you know, technology at the moment keeps us on our, it keeps us on our toes, I think, doesn't it? Well, I'm getting to employ my favorite phrase very frequently, which my children will tell you is flexibility is the sign of intelligence. Mm -hmm. And boy, have I felt smart here in the last couple of months with everything from new technology to new places to employ that technology to all sorts of things that are new. So it has really been a lot of fun. We're we're looking forward to embracing our... um, our more bucolic side. We just spent the weekend learning about chickens and pigs and rabbits and goats, and um, we're looking forward 
different to uh, having some of those in our lives come summertime. And it's going to be, uh, we, we do crazy really well here, and we're going to prove it in the next six months. So, <laughs> so well, let me, let me talk a little bit then about your, the demi-learning. Are you going to actually be going into an office, or are you going to be doing it? No, I will be working from home mm -hmm. um, and traveling on behalf of Matthew C. I'll be doing conferences, as I have done for Calvert in the past. Um, and I am really wildly excited about this new program that they have created called Spelling UC, mm -hmm. which gives the opportunity to take uh, Dami's multidimensional learning capacities that, that they have employed with mathematics and apply them in a slightly different twist to spelling. And what I find just fascinating about this spelling program is it gives a student the ability to develop a capacity for visual memory for spelling. And, you know, spelling and reading don't necessarily correlate. A child can read very well but not spell very well, and I've had those kids in my family. So this is just an amazing enterprise to understand how this program is put together to to realize that you can teach a child to spell by cultivating their visual memory. Mm. And, I'm really excited about that. And you're moving your house, or you're obviously selling your house and moving. How many children, remind us how many children you still have living at home? <laughs> well, I have six children. Yes. Two are still at home with me. Um, I also have three grandchildren who are here um, a couple, two, three, sometimes four days a week, depending on how often my eldest daughter and son-in-law stop by. Mm -hmm. And um, the two youngest are moving with us to North Carolina. My mm -hmm. four older children are out and on their own. Mm -hmm. My youngest daughter is graduating with her AA degree from a college in the Midwest and has decided she's fallen in love with the Midwest. So she wants to stay there for another year. So she's gotten a place in Kansas City. And she intends to be there. And then my oldest three children will still be here in the greater Annapolis, Baltimore area. Mm -hmm. But who knows what the Lord will do with their lives in the next year. Yes, yeah, so you're going to be missing your grandchildren. I am. But, but, you know, just like you said, technology gives us all sorts of new capacities. It does. Uh, it does. We're enjoying those capacities, too. As a matter of fact, my, my youngest grandson, he's two and a half, went to talk to my daughter out at college a week ago, and he kept staring at the phone I was holding out to him, and my oldest daughter started laughing. She said she's, he's used to talking to her on my phone where he can see a picture of her. <laughs> oh. And, of course, I had a plain old-fashioned cordless handset without yeah. a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. All right, so moving house. Um, any help? I mean, you still you're still doing school in the midst of all of this, or have you put that on hold? Are, as a matter of fact, um, if you had told me four months ago that my husband would be the principal instructor for my two youngest, I would have said, Vivian, I don't know where you are or what you're drinking, <laughs> but I'd like a glass of it. So, <laughs> however, because of the training that I'm going through with Demi, um, Pat has assumed the responsibility to finish. Owen's Calvert year, and um, Duncan, my middle son, is in a homeschool tutorial, mm -hmm. so really, really we're in a more supervisory capacity with him. Mm -hmm. I am still teaching him mathematics in the evening, much to his great angst, and, mm -hmm. um, and we're making it through the end of the, the academic year. Owen's going to finish about two months ahead 
ahead of Clan Rose traditional finish time because we really have been um, putting his nose to the grindstone. But he's kind of excited about a long summer and all the different things that uh, our new adventures will bring. And so you say it's home for you and your husband, Western North Carolina. Yes. What about your children? Have they been backwards and forwards through the years visiting grandparents, family? Yes, they've been there many times and they're well familiar with the area. Um, you know, it's a, a beautiful area, much slower pace of life than it is here. Um, the, I laugh because they, they speak of traffic there and traffic there is nothing compared to what traffic is in the uh, D.C. Me- Baltimore metropolitan area. Um, but my kids are well familiar with it. As a matter of fact, my oldest son and his wife just got back from taking her spring break to spend it with his grandmother down there. So Mm -hmm. um, hopefully they won't be too far away and they'll come and see us often. So how far away is it from Maryland? Is it all the way across? Oh yeah, it is. Um, This is, we are moving to Hendersonville, North Carolina, which is just outside of Asheville and it's uh, 540 miles. Right. Yeah. And it sort of depends on how many bathroom breaks you make, yeah. how long it takes to get there. Yeah, so. Yeah. so do you have a house? Have you already bought your house? We do. We we have a house we're moving to. It's on three acres of land. And we are excited about the possibility of the things we'll be able to do. We're looking forward to the chickens and either the pigs or the goats or the rabbits or all. I don't. I don't know. I, I, my husband is uh, um, wildly excited about all the potential things that are going to happen for us. So, and so um, they're already on the land, or you're going to actually add them to? No, your... we're we're um, we're we're blessed in the fact that an acre of the ground is fenced, and the folks that owned the property previous to us raised um, St. Bernards. So there are runs and pens on the property, and so some of that can be converted to chicken coops and things like that so mm-hmm. which is right up my husband's alley he loves nothing better than um to figure out how to build something and make it happen so it'll be a fun year well my next um, question is how how has your husband's job been affected by this move well he went through um a tremendous downsizing in in the industry when the economy went south and he left a job he loved Mm -hmm. um, because of the economic changes and went to an industry where he could work, but not doing something he enjoyed for a very long long period of time. So this is, um, this has been sort of our um, five years of desert and he's going down to North Carolina to see what the good Lord would have for him. He has a part-time job now down Mm -hmm. there. That's mm-hmm. waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And then we shall see what God would have for him. Behold, I make all things new. You know, <laughs> if yeah. you'd have told me that this was going to be my life five years ago, I would have not been in the personal space to handle that adventure no. very well. But now at this point in time, I've realized how much, how little I really have control of. Mm-hmm. So it has been a pleasant process thus far. Well, Gretchen, uh, we have to go on another break. We'll be back in just a moment and we will continue talking about how spiritually you're handling um, all of this change and move in your life. So we'll be back in just a moment. So don't go away. 
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Gretchen, just as we were going on our break, you were talking about the amount of changes that have happened and that if somebody had said to you five years ago what you would be doing today, you would have gone, no way, there's no way, completely different life. But somehow... God prepares us along the way if we tap into that. And as Christians, we try to do that. And over the last year, Gretchen, less than a year, I have packed up and moved and sold three homes. Now, I think I'm coping with it really, really well. But my body tells me something else. I, you know, I'll have a terrible cold or I'll come down with the flu when I never do. And, you know, I might, I'll, I'll just be completely run down each time. And I think, yeah, I'm really not, I've got to give myself more time, not, not weeks, but, you know, in the day, like a 30 minute rest or prayer or something so what what do you do what have you been doing during this time of change well I have to tell you I I agree with you and it catches me flat-footed because I'm the type of person who goes at 110 miles an hour Mm -hmm. until my body says gotcha Mm -hmm. and then I'm flat on my back all of a sudden and and I think I think to a large degree that that speaks to women in general because we are sort of acculturated to do that. I have found in the last two or three years that exercise for me is as vital as prayer life. Mm -hmm. And um, I happen to have two dogs who think that a day without a walk is just the worst. Mm -hmm. So... We we try when the weather cooperates. This winter has been a little bit difficult, but we try um, to walk anywhere from three to five miles a day together, mm-hmm. and we do that in the very early morning. And then two years ago, my boys said that they would think it was a wonderful Christmas present if I would take Taekwondo with them. And I'm not sure exactly what that setup was. I have to admit that <laughs> at the time I thought they were crazy, but it has become um, one of the greatest joys in my life. I really love the discipline that comes with it. I Mm -hmm. love the fact that we have 
a Taekwondo instructor who is a homeschooled dad and he understands what it means to pour yourself out and into your children and mm -hmm. he has been a tremendously affirmative influence on my kids and that's one of the things we're really going to miss is we're going to miss this studio when we leave because yeah. it has been awesome and um, then this winter I had a challenge with um, uh, an injury that I was trying to recover from and I found Bikram yoga mm -hmm. and I have to admit that that has been kind of an obsession that I have enjoyed thoroughly it has just been tremendous and I've realized that stress is much less prevalent in my life when I make time to exercise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that has been really a way of dealing with a lot of things that have come at us um, this winter uh, because we've had uh, it seems like when, you know, when things start to come unwound, it's like uh, that spring that's been wound too tight and it bounces everywhere. So yeah. that's kind of the visual of what life has been like the last six months. Yeah. And, and what about the children? What about your two youngest who are moving with you? How are they taking this? Excited? They they are. They are sad to be leaving friends behind, mm -hmm. um, you know. Digital technology makes that a little bit more palatable. My um, middle son has always wanted a high school experience. So not only are we looking at changing our zip code, but we're looking at being the first high schooler in the family who has not been homeschooled ever. I've never had a child in a public high school. Um, the, the benefit to this is he's going to attend the high school my husband and I attended. It's still a very small public high school in Carolina. It's much as we found it when we were there 30 years ago. It is really quite a sense of community and we think it's going to be a joy in his life. So um, that is something that is interesting as well because I'm going to have to learn to be a parent who is not in control in the academic realm, and I haven't done that in over 20 years. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you if you were going to continue using Calvert. So is it Duncan, your 15-year-old, is That's going correct. to be the one going into high school? Owen? He is going to high school, and Owen, my 8-year-old rising fourth grader, will be attending public school next year as well. Really? So after 21 years, we're going to lay down the mantle of home academics, and I have to to say this that has almost been like mourning a death in the family more so probably for me than for them yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because at this point they can only see the cup is half full and that's the way I want that to be for them so yeah. so we'll see yeah so gosh yeah a lot of changes <laughs> right so you said something about letting go and you used something that you that you found you said you opened it and realized oh you know once you'd opened it you had to go through whatever it was and that letting go is not as easy for you as you thought perhaps it would be. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Well, what I opened actually was a 15-year-old prayer journal. Oh. And um, I was cleaning out a bookshelf and just tossing stuff. And I, I opened this book not even remembering what it was. And when I opened it up and realized what it was, I sort of ended up in the floor sitting and reading it. Mm -hmm. I did very quickly realized I wanted to go through and read this 
Um, and so I set it aside. So instead of getting in the ash heap, as, as I had originally intended this whole shelf of stuff, I saved this out. And after we get settled, I do want to sit down and go back through that because I think um, life has been so frenetic with raising six kids that sometimes we forget mm-hmm. things that happen. And I'm sort of looking forward to going back through that reminiscence. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the personality that spends every morning saying, Thy will be done, Lord, and then my feet hit the floor. Yes. So <laughs> maybe there's something in that journal that I can learn from uh, some changes that I have wrought that I don't even realize have been wrought for me. So, mm-hmm. Well, there was um, something I heard just, just, oh, I think it was at church just a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, I must have known that because I was raised in the church, but it was just hitting me. And it said, the, the priest said, you are on the, God doesn't join you on your path. You are to join him on his path. And I thought, oh, all right. I can see that because I do pray throughout my day and through whether things are going well or not. And I imagine that God just stays right there with me. I always have. That's that's a teaching that I that I use, that God is always right there at my shoulder guiding me. So I have this vision that God is with me on my path. It can be switched and I can be with God and have him still there right next to me. But it's funny. It's that mental image has completely switched. That's very interesting. That's a very um, interesting I, I remember a priest doing a teaching probably 15 years ago now that has really stuck with me. And he, he was talking about the psalmist says that God orders the steps of a man. Mm-hmm. And his definition of faith was not seeing the path, but being willing to take the next step anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, I often find myself back at that that scripture verse um, when things are very difficult. And and I have taught my children that often you don't see what God is doing until you look back. And it's not until you look back that you go, yeah, all of those ordinary days, those very dull, sometimes very frustrating days have added up to 10 years, 15, 20 years of homeschooling your children. And look at that. That was a major, you know, accomplishment. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's, that's what becomes so hard for us as homeschool moms is we forget in the day when you wiped a hundred noses and maybe changed some smelly diapers and, and chased people. I didn't realize how difficult it would be. I thought the difficult years of parenting would be when my children were really little. You know, mm-hmm. when I was wiping those noses and changing those diapers, I didn't realize that um, it would become more of an adventure as my children grew to adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. And you're you've already let several of your children let them go out of their out of the, the home nest. Now you're moving I probably tell you, Vivian, that we did that more gracefully with some than others. Yes. <laughs> but what I continually remind them of is you only can do the best you can with what you have at hand at that time. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, that's so often when I see it's in looking back there's always the opportunity to say, geez, I wish I'd done that differently. And Mm -hmm. I have had that conversation often with my 
my kids, but you make the best decisions you can at the time with the information you have at hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now you're moving along, you know, quite a way away. Is that another letting go? It is. It really is. And um, becomes a mental discipline to continue to remain in the affirmative. So I, I want to go back to your farm because my, my husband and I have really, really, really thought that we wanted to live out in the country. We wanted to have this place with quite a few acres, a few more than three, which was probably a little ambitious. And then we moved in with my mother-in-law in East Texas and she, she was on an acre, but she was in this beautiful um, community. The piney, piney woods were gorgeous, wonderful walks. And it was a long, you had to drive quite a long way to the nearest little town just to get milk and even further to a larger town. And there were all these fields and horses and cows and everything. And I went, oh, I'm missing the city so much. I just ended up not going anywhere because I said, I can't be bothered to, you know, all I want to do is go and, and maybe buy some groceries. I have to get in the car and drive and you know, it's just, it was just too much. So my husband ended up doing it and I just stayed at home. So it was very, very economical because I wasn't tempted to spend any money at all. But it was a change. I, I was surprised. I surprised myself. So how far away are you going to be from your nearest something where you can go do grocery not, shopping? Probably not what you have experienced, truthfully. Um, we are... Um, 15 minutes outside of the downtown metropolis of okay. the city. Um, oh, okay. So it's, uh, it is, um, the, the height of the irony, Vivian, is this house is less than a mile from the house I grew up in. Oh, really? Um, oh, really? which I think that's when I see God's hand and his sense of humor in this whole enterprise. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I grew up looking at piney woods and now those piney woods, have an elementary school and that's where Owen will attend next year. Aww, so right. it, it really is quite something. Yeah. Um, I understand, you know, I can, I can get myself in that frame of I'm not leaving the house even here, particularly working at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's sometimes when the thought of getting in the car and having to go somewhere, particularly having to negotiate traffic just mm -hmm. doesn't appeal to me in the least, mm -hmm. but I could move back to England at the drop of a hat because there's something about going home. No matter how long it's been since you lived there, it's so familiar. Absolutely. You know, my youngest daughter just came back from England herself mm -hmm. um, a week ago, two, mm -hmm. 10 days ago now. Mm -hmm. um, her school, she went to England for her spring break oh. and was in London for a week. Right. And had a marvelous time. Oh. Had the best time. She enjoyed it so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, Gretchen, we have to go on another break. And um, can you come back just for about five more minutes? And I want to talk to you about Easter, the celebration, the resurrection. Okay. All right. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Dix of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. 
Yes, why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Gretchen, let's talk about Easter Sunday. We've, we've done the Passion, we've done Lent. Now's the celebration of the resurrection. We can start saying Alleluia again at church. And we have those wonderful, wonderful hymns that we sing. So tell us what you're going to be doing this Easter, your, your final Easter before you move. So tell us about that. You know, this is the first Easter that I have absolutely not thought about. Does everybody have a suit that fits? Does everybody <laughs> have a dress that fits? And those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, that's been a little bit liberating, um, but Easter is a really joyful time for us. We spend the 10 days to two weeks before Easter um, studying, uh, uh, using actually something that I thought we would have laid down by now. It's something we got from Focus on the Family. It's a dozen plastic eggs mm-hmm. that, that study the Easter story, and on um, Easter Sunday, we usually sit down together as a family and... Um, uh, play games or enjoy each other's company. Um, th- this year, I asked my kids if they'd check their cell phones at the door. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it it is always a great deal of fun. We seem to enjoy each other most thoroughly over food. So there will be a lot of food involved. And and um, Easter is a joyful celebration for us because we talk about whatever we gave up during Lent and how that affected or changed us. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes in our family, we don't give something up. We take something on. Mm -hmm. And so then we talk about what we took on and how that changes us as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to those stories this year. It'll be fun. Well, at the the early part of the conversation, you said you separate the secular from the religious, and you don't do Easter egg hunt on Easter Sunday. Do you do an Easter egg hunt at all? We do. (laughs) We always have, um, it, it's, with the advent of the grandchildren, somehow I have gotten more, more um, involved in the Easter egg hunt than I was when my own kids were little. But we do what we call bunny day, and everybody gets an Easter basket uh, that has some eggs in it. And then we do an Easter egg hunt in the yard for, um, for the kids. Mm-hmm. And my grandson said that he was really looking forward to that this year. He's four, the mm-hmm. oldest one, and that he remembers that we did it before, says that we made an impression on him. So yeah. um, we're looking forward to that. It'll be fun. And so Bunny Day could be when? Anytime? Bunny Day is usually uh, the Saturday. Either it's depending on now that I have adult children who are outside the house. Sometimes Bunny Day is a week away from Easter, one side or the other, mm-hmm. depending on who's going to whose in-laws mm-hmm. and those kinds of things for mm-hmm. the holiday. But um, when my kids were little, Bunny Day was um, Easter Saturday. We would go to church, we would decorate the altar for Sunday, and then we would come home and have Bunny Day. So, um, And you said you were going to have quite a crowd. What, what kind of food? Do you have traditional food that you always serve on Easter Sunday? 
usually we have a lamb or we have a brisket. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, I think because we're celebrating Duncan's birthday on Easter Saturday, um, I think he wants to have fried chicken, nice. which is our family's traditional birthday meal. The, uh -huh. Whoever the birthday celebrant is gets to pick the meal. And between he and his dad, I think we're looking at fried chicken and macaroni pie and um, a strawberry shortcake for dessert. So it'll be good. And you have, obviously have plenty of people coming, bringing stuff. <laughs> um, you, this year I'm going to ask my kids to bring some things because I've already packed my good china and things like that. But usually I do all the cooking. So this year I'm hoping to get out of it a little bit. So Gretchen, final question. Do you think that your life is going to be simplified with this move? Are you, have, you got, have you thrown away a lot of things? Are you take, is it as big a house or are you downsizing at all? I'm taking less. It's mm -hmm. actually a larger house than where I live, but my rule has been for every box that goes, two have to go to Goodwill. Okay. Or um, one of the blessings is my adult daughter and her husband are moving into our, our house, so I don't have to strip my house to the walls. As a matter of fact, we went through yesterday oh. and tagged all the furniture that's staying versus what's going. So um, in that way, I'm, I'm, I'm prayerfully hoping for a little bit simpler lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. We seem to manage to make complexity wherever it's simple. So I don't know, given the characters in the play, whether we'll find it to be a more simple adventure. But I'm aiming for that. How's that? We took much of my mother's mother-in-law's home mm -hmm. and put it in storage. So that also gives us the advantage of not moving as much to Carolina because Good. we'll have her things. Well, Gretchen, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about... Um, Good Friday and the season, this season of um, uh, preparation and denial that we that we went through in order to be able to fully appreciate the gift that Christ gave us by redeeming us. Oh gosh, I wish you every success and every what comfort in your in your move um, coming up. Well, in thank you, Vivian. Virginia. I appreciate it. Perhaps we can talk again in six months and I'll. I'll let you know how it worked out. Well, yes, please do. So um, thank you very much. You have a, a wonderful Easter with your family, and um, I will definitely be in touch with you again. I was talking to my good friend Gretchen Rowe who told us all about the changes about to happen in her life and how walking, taekwondo and yoga are as vital as prayer in this busy time. You heard how she managed to keep positive and find God's grace among the packing boxes. Gretchen is the homeschooling mum of six children, four of whom have left the nest, leaving two at home to brave the move from Maryland, where they've lived for 20 years, to western North Carolina, where she grew up. Chickens and pigs are on the horizon as they settle on their three-acre farmstead, and her two boys will be attending 
public school, a first in Roe family history. Gretchen said she'll no longer have a say-so in their education, but I'm sure she will. She's working for a new company, Demi, who are best known to us as Matthew C. And I'll be having her back in a few months to tell us all about this curriculum. I'm sure you were lifted up by her very real story of change and trust in the Lord as she and her family enter a startling new phase in all of their lives. Please keep them in your prayers. Of my theme, Dying to Self, Jan Johnson, who writes for an online magazine called BillyGraham.org, observes... To die to self is to set aside what we want in this moment and focus instead on loving God with everything we've got and valuing others as highly as we value ourselves. This moves us away from self-centeredness and closer to becoming open-hearted followers of Christ who care deeply for others. It's much easier to pay attention to the concerns, interests and needs of people when our own interests no longer consume us. Jesus described the dying to self-process, to deny self is the exact scriptural phrase, as part of following him. If anyone wishes to come after me, he says, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16.24 But dying to self isn't bleak and terrible. Jesus continues, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16.25 so in dying to self, we find genuine life by depending on God, who provides much more than we can imagine. Likewise, Jesus taught in John twelve twenty four, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Part of the life we find and the fruit we bear is not only living a richer life with God, but also becoming more generous to others, reaching out to them with love and joy. Sometimes people mistake dying to self as death of self. But self-denial isn't self-rejection. God treasures your divinely created self. He doesn't want to obliterate the part of you that makes you uniquely you. God works within you and reshapes you into the person your renewed in Christ self is meant to be. Not selfish with what you own. Not concerned about how circumstances affect you. And not crabby when others seem to get what you want. This is what dying to self looks like as we die to self. We no longer try to get our own way or try to get people look up to look up to us. We stop offering unasked for advice and with our older children we know how valuable that is. As if in self-importance we think we're, we always know better than others. We let go of trying to make a good impression on others. We find freedom from the self-focused life, Evelyn Underhill describes. We mostly spend our lives conjugating three verbs, to want, to have, and to do. Craving, clutching, and fussing. We're kept in perpetual unrest. Quite simply, when we die to self, we're no longer obsessed with self. And with that, it's time for me to go for another week. I hope you enjoyed my show and you're ready to celebrate the resurrection on Sunday. We may be hosting brunch for the remainder of our children. My Perry Poppins daughter is in Corpus visiting friends and my married son and his wife are at a wedding in another state. The Scotties may enjoy an Easter egg hunt in the back garden with their little bones and little special treats just for them. 
don't worry, we won't give them chocolate. Next week, we're shopping for Florida and doing final preparations for our trip. A book to listen to on the way, some sights to see, and making sure the car is ready and willing to travel a long distance. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler, where I'm busting the stereotype by bringing you guests who may make you think... I could do that and totally change your life. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my producer Sabrina, my guest Gretchen Rowe, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time on Toginet and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Do, 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 do. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNenny on Toginet. The Sociable Homeschooler is Vivian's attempt to help dispel the stereotypical homeschool family. She and her husband have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who were willing guinea pigs for her foray into homeschooling, the Wildflower Academy, which flourished for 15 years. Vivian is here to be an encourager to all of you who are thinking of homeschooling. Plus, you'll have some great ideas on homework, vacations, keeping science projects in the house, and being popular versus popularity. So we'll see you here next Friday for another engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNenny. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.